This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strong Side Fridays here on the Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here with Raheem Palmer. Getting you ready for week 18. We made it to week 18. We are ready to wrap up the regular season, head to the postseason. Raheem, I'm ready for some playoff football. You ready? Yes, I'm very, I'm extremely ready for playoff football. Look, this week 17, week 18 stuff with all the COVID news and, you know, teams playing for something, not playing for anything. I'm ready for some real football. <laughs> I am too, though. I must say, I, I don't mind this, you know, normally week 17, week 18 this year. I like this week as a better. There's a lot of edges. If you can get it, you can get it on the wrong side too. But if you if you get that motivation factor, if you look at where those the lines really get wonky and the books don't necessarily know what to do here, or maybe they do, and they're taking a little bit more advantage of the public. So we got to really be sharp this week. We'll get into that. We're going to look at the playoff picture before we get into the games. We'll do our three-game breakdowns like usual. Before that, don't forget, rate and subscribe to the podcast, Apple and Spotify now where you can. And of course, odds today are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. So let's start with the playoff picture. NFC, much cleaner in the NFC. We know the Packers are the one seed. Their game is pretty much meaningless this week. I think they'll rest. We'll see what happens. We know Dallas and Tampa have locked up the divisions, and the Rams or Cardinals will be the other division winner. They're both in already. We know the Eagles are in. They'll be the six or seven seed. So all that we really have to do is if the Niners win or the Saints lose, then the 49ers get that last spot. If the Niners lose and the Saints win, then the Saints are in. So question for you on the NFC, Raheem. We don't know any of the matchups yet. All we know is Green Bay is the one seed. Is there a clear NFC favorite to you right now? I mean, I think you have to give it to the Packers. I mean, right now, all of these teams are flawed. We look at the Cowboys. Obviously, they're the division winner coming out of the East. Their defense has been good, but the offense has just been a complete mess. And even with their defense being good, we've seen last week that Kyler Murray can neutralize their pass rush. So they can be exposed a little bit. When you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously they lose Chris Godwin. They lose Antonio Brown, who's been officially cut as of now. They've been having, they've been dealing with stuff all throughout the secondary. They just had a ton of injuries. The Arizona Cardinals and the Rams, their division, the NFC West is going to be decided this week. So the Cardinals with the win and the Los Angeles Rams loss, they're going to clinch the division. Whereas the Rams, they need, they need to just win. To, to win a division. And you look at those two teams, both of those teams are flawed as well. The Rams, they can't run the ball. Matthew Stafford is turning the ball over at will. And the Cardinals, do we really trust Cliff Kingsbury? Like, I mean, I know they beat the Cowboys last week. So when you look at the landscape of this, the NFC, it's tough to go on Lambeau anyway. We've spoken at length about how Lambeau probably has the best home field advantage in football. I have it around four, four and a half points just for home Bill, the one thing I will say, if you can run the ball, you're equipped to actually deal with this Packers team. But all the good run offenses are in the AFC. 
So yeah. you got to look at the Packers as the favorite. Yeah, it's very interesting for the, all the reasons you said. We, we've got these five NFC teams, the same five we've known for half the season now. They're all flawed, though. So to me, I don't necessarily know what the value is until we get a bracket because I think it's going to be very matchup dependent here. And, you know, it's very important to not just say, well, this team is the best they're going to win because you might run into the wrong run defense or pass defense or, you know, the wrong coaching matchup, that sort of thing. I agree. I think the Packers have to be considered the favorite. They got one last game to play. But even then, I'm not sure the Eagles are going to be a tough matchup. If the Saints get in, I'm not sure they're going to be a tough matchup. So I don't know that the bye week is necessarily as huge advantage as it could have been. Though the big thing for the Packers, they might get back Jair Alexander. They might get back David Bakhtiari finally. These names, these stars on their team we've been waiting on. So I think they are... The, they have to be considered the favorite, but there's so much the betting favorite that I don't know that there's a real value there. I do have a sleeper I like in the NFC. We're going to come back to that later. Over in the AFC, a little bit messier there. So no seeds are locked yet, but we've got a bunch of teams clinched. If the Titans win, they are the one seed. If they win in Houston, if they don't, then the Chiefs are the one seed. If they win in Denver, that's on Saturday. If both of those teams lose, the Bengals or the Patriots are still alive to possibly grab that one seed. It looks like the Bengals are likely resting. Joe Burrow and some of their other starters, that likely, if they lose, locks them into the three or the four seed there. The Bills win their division if they get the win against the Jets. They're huge favorites there. If the Bills lose and the Patriots win, Patriots get the division and Bills drop into a wild card. And then basically... In all most likely scenarios, we have two spots up for grabs. One of them goes to the Colts if they just beat the Jaguars. Colts are basically win or go home. There's one far off scenario where they can stay around otherwise. And if the Colts beat the Jaguars, then Sunday night goes to Chargers, Raiders. That's the big one they save for us. We're going to talk about that game in a second. If the Colts lose to the Jaguars, then Baltimore Pittsburgh comes in play, and we're going to cover that game for you too. So, uh, other than those wild card teams that we don't really know what's going on yet, we've got those five locked in teams again. Is is there one of those top five AFC teams that you've got your eye on? As far as the AFC, I, I, I still think the to me, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are just the team to beat. Look, I mean, I know they didn't get the number one seed, and I know they're gonna have to go on. They're gonna have to actually go on a road at some point. But to me, they've been playing the best football anybody the last seven, eight weeks. And then I, I think they caught a raw deal against Cincinnati last week with a lot of the penalties. Yeah. So I, to me, I think they're the team to beat. What are you thinking? So I actually surprised myself. I, I kind of went through yesterday and I, I said, okay, well, what if these teams win this weekend? What does that bracket look like? I did that with like three or four brackets on each side. I came out with the Bills as my AFC team on all the scenarios I did. And here's the reason I noticed. It's matchups. I don't believe in the Titans. I don't really care who they play. They're going to lose to somebody for me. So to me, the Bills match up well against the Patriots. We just saw that game a couple of times recently. The one more recently, we saw Buffalo is just better. This is a better team than the Patriots, more talent. And I like how the Bills match up against the Chiefs. This is the team Buffalo built was to play the Chiefs and beat them. And so I think Buffalo, there is a little bit of some odds there. Of course, you want them to beat the Jets and get the home game because they're going to be a little bit easier path there, but they're going to beat the Jets. If you don't beat the Jets in this spot, maybe I don't like the Bills after all. But I do think Buffalo matches up well. 
I don't necessarily love Buffalo if they have to play Indy. Buffalo got blown out by the Colts, uh, you know, like a month ago. So I may wait a little bit, uh, but I do think there's some value there. I love to look at, you know, once the bracket comes out, I may look to play that Super Bowl matchup and go Bills somebody in the NFC. You know, maybe Bills Packers and Bills one other team and give myself a couple outs there. I just like how the matchups look for Buffalo. And I think that their style of play uh, maybe is conducive. The Chiefs, I think, are the better team for sure. We agree on that. The Chiefs are the favorite, but I do like Buffalo there. For me, I just don't trust Josh Allen. Josh Allen's got to prove it to me when it matters. Look, when you look at this Buffalo team, they've done a great job at beating up on bad teams. And the Jets are a bad team. So I expect them to fully go out there and cover take this team into the deep waters and drown them. But when they play superior competition, teams with winning records, they've struggled all year. So I, I just don't trust this team, and they, they got to prove it to me. Yeah, that's very fair. Josh Allen, I certainly have not exactly been his biggest fan over the years, but I don't know that I really trust Pat Mahomes like I used to trust him right now. He's a little bit down a level. So I just it feels like the AFC is open. The Chiefs are playing well, but are not the juggernaut that they have been at times. And it feels like Buffalo is in the mix enough to have a shot there. So we'll see. I'm sure we'll talk more about that bracket plenty in the future weeks. Our three games today, we want to focus on games where we know both teams want to try. We know both teams are in on this. So the big one that we know for sure is basically a playoff game Sunday night. Chargers Raiders. We're going to Vegas. First season in Las Vegas with all the fans there. The Chargers come in as road favorites, minus three right now. I think you like the Chargers here. Are you on Los Angeles? Yes, I am on the Chargers. I mean, when you look at this Raiders team, they've been really, really fortunate. I've actually been playing them. Uh, you guys have been following the podcast. I've been playing them the last couple of weeks. But it's just like when you look at this team, they've just been so fortunate. I mean, first things first, they have a minus 68-point differential. They scored <laughs> over 17 points just two times in the last nine games without with the absence of Henry Ruggs. And obviously you lose John Gruden. He's the guy who's calling plays. And But it's just like they had this three-game winning streak. You face the Browns with Nick Nicholas Mullins and half of the roster missing due to COVID. And you need a last-second field goal just to win that game. Then you play Drew Locke. Andrew Locke. I mean, this guy's just turnover-prone. He played a, a clean game. And, look, I mean, nobody's expected much from Andrew Locke. So, I mean, they really couldn't get much done outside of the Bradley Chubb interception at the end of the half, which pretty much got the Broncos some points. Raiders dominated that game. And then they play again an uh, Indianapolis Colts team which had major COVID issues. Carson Winston practiced the entire week. For At one point, this line had gone from plus nine all the way down to minus two and a half. You had guys on the offensive line missing only for them to return right before the game. And they sneak out, a, they able to sneak out a win. So to me, I just think these two teams are, these are two teams in different classes and the Raiders have been fortunate. So this is a great buy low spot for the Chargers. Yeah. So another weird thing, those last three games that the Raiders won, they lost the turnover battle seven to zero. They have not forced a turnover in the last four games, turned it over a bunch and they're still winning. The Raiders to me, I'm just my, my caution, red flags are up on this game. Absolutely. I agree with you. The chargers are better. The chargers are much better on paper. The chargers should win. The Raiders pass defense, I think is beatable. Justin Herbert, this is your game, buddy. 
Justin, go get him. If he shows up and plays a good game, it's a wrap. Like it's the Raiders don't have a chance because the secondary can't hold up with him. But I just, my gut feeling is, look, we know with the Raiders, they're a slow starting team, but they close really strong. Derek Carr, that's been his thing over the years. He's he's kind of that Matt Stafford of the AFC where his teams need the comeback, but he's able to get the ball moving late. The Chargers are not a team that I trust. They're not a team that either one of us trusts. We've done that all year long. They're still the Chargers. They're the worst run defense in the league. So we know that they can't just put the game away. They're, they're, they're a team that because of their aggression and because of the way they play, we like it. We agree with it but it leaves the door open. Like I could see a game where the chargers just show up as the a plus chargers and win this by 24. And it's a snoozer. Absolutely. That's how much better that they are. But my gut says the Raiders are going to hang around and have a shot here. I don't know if they're going to win. I don't want them to win. I want to see the chargers in the playoffs. That's a much more interesting playoff game to me. I don't want to watch the Raiders anymore. This, this is the end of the Raiders for me. Yeah. But I, I think for me, if I play the Chargers, I would play the money line. I don't trust them to necessarily cover the three, especially the way Staley is aggressive and going for two and two-point conversions and that sort of thing. That two, that three, even the one, those are numbers I want to get. So if I play the Chargers, I want the money line. I think I might be looking to live bet the Raiders, assuming the Chargers get the lead, and live bet the Raiders at a bigger plus number, maybe a plus six or seven, maybe even past that just to hang around, to keep it close. My gut just says we got a weird one coming here. And a home game in Vegas, this feels like the Raiders have a shot here. I, I just think that the Chargers have had a lot of bad luck. I mean, when you look at look at the injuries that they've had, and look, obviously they lost against the Texans, and that was a game in which they had a, a ton of COVID losses. Obviously they blew a game against the Chiefs. They, they don't blow those games. They're already in the playoffs. And – Last week, they had their full first-team secondary on the field for just the third time all season. So they're finally getting healthy. I know the defense rates 28th in EPA per drive and 31 success rate, but I think that could be a little bit better here against this Raiders team, which really their offense hasn't been great. So it's just – I just think this is the perfect spot for the Chargers to come up big. I mean, we look at the Raiders. I mean, they're just 20th in EPA per play. 13th is success rate offensively. This Raiders team could be beaten defensively as well. They're 18th in success rate. So I, I just yeah. think you're getting a better team with the Chargers in this spot. I mean, obviously, the Ra- the Chargers already blew this team out, 28-14, yeah. and that was a better Raiders team. So so let me, let me give you my angle on this game. I, I don't want to side here. I just – I don't trust enough either way. Mm-hmm. If the Chargers were at a minus two and I can maybe push the two, win with the field goal, I'd feel better. Minus three, there's, uh, it's just, I just don't feel great about it, but I don't love the Raiders. I don't really want my money on the Raiders because I don't want to put my money on Raiders and suddenly the Chargers come out 14 nothing first quarter and look like they should look and I'll feel like an idiot. Here's my angle. You know, I don't play a lot of totals. I like the over here. Chargers have scored 28 or more in five straight games. They're averaging 33.8 per game during that stretch. Chargers have allowed at least 21 points in 11 of the last 12 games they've played. So they're going to give up points. We know the Chargers are going to score. They're not just going to lay an egg. So I think we might get like a a 31-28, you know, that like a higher scoring game, more of a shootout back and forth. 
I guess my gut is this feels like some team is going to have the ball at the end of the game and a chance to win. And that's why I'm a little cautious about the Chargers. Suddenly you got the home crowd in Vegas. You might get a ref involved and a key penalty throw. I just, I feel like something weird could happen, but I like the over 49 and a half. It's the highest on the slate. Normally you'd think an under in a, a playoff atmosphere, but both offenses are clearly better than both defenses here. So I think the over is my favorite play here. That's interesting because I mean, when I looked at this, my Myrice makes this game around 52 and obviously they open this low at around 48. You got 72% of the public all over the over. And it's really not climbing very high. Like, I think there's only one book. I think Circuit has this line at 50. Everybody else is at 49 and a half. So I'm going to sit tight on this one. I mean, my number agrees with it, but I just, for a playoff atmosphere, I am a little, I'm a little nervous about this one. Yeah, I get that. Well, it's a good one to watch. I am intrigued. I'm going to stay away from the side, but I know you like the Chargers in that one. We'll see how that plays out. Earlier, late afternoon game, Another Los Angeles team, the Rams. The Rams are at home. We know that the Rams, if they beat the 49ers here, the Rams are division champions. If the Rams don't win, they can still win the division if the Cardinals lose. The 49ers, they need to win to make the playoffs here. However, if the Saints lose, the Niners still make the playoffs. It's a weird spot where both of these teams could lose motivation mid-game if they look at the scoreboard and Arizona's getting blown out or New Orleans is getting blown out. So you never know how the motivation angle might change. The number is weird here. The Rams at BetMGM are minus five and a half. If you look around, I see some fives, four and a halfs, even fours at books. And it's kind of sat there all week. So kind of right in that dead zone in there. And I like San Francisco here. I think the Niners are live. What do you think about this game? I, I tend to agree with you here in, in this situation. I mean, Look, it's very, very hard to back Matthew Stafford against a winning team. 31-50-2 against the spread. That's 38.2% against the spread against winning teams. Straight up, he's just 26-57. and 57. That's 31.3%. We look at this Rams team. I mean, they're fifth in, in EPA per play, seventh in success rate on offense. And on defense, they're 10th in EPA per play. 16th in success rate. And, I mean, look, they have all the stars. They got Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Jalen Ramsey, Odell Beckham, Von Miller. They have everything you want, but it comes down to the fact that you really can't trust Matthew Stafford. This guy has five interceptions and a fumble during the last two games. And, you know, if Tyler Huntley doesn't throw his own interception in the red zone, the Ravens probably win that game. So it's just, for me, like, the last time these two teams played, the 49ers dominated. It just feels like a game in which 49ers should be able to run the ball and they should be able to get off on their their offense should be able to do what they have to do. But yeah, I think I'm rolling with the 49ers in this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you've listened to our recent podcast, you know that I am not uh, you know, on the Rams right now. I just think this team is winning with some smoke and mirrors right now. Matt Stafford, six interceptions the last three games. Honestly, it feels like he could have double that number. Like he's tied, I think, for the, the NFL lead in interceptions right now. The numbers you said, they get even worse late in the season when you're playing over 500 teams. And that's when we know those over 500 teams are good, not just like a 1-0 team in week two. So here's November forward. Matt Stafford as a favorite, six and seven straight up. Six and seven. That's a losing record as a favorite against the spread, 13, 32 and two, 28% cover rate. 
That is horrendous. So I love to bet against Matt Stafford as a favorite against another good team. You look at the DVOAs here. Rams are number five, Niners number seven. On offense, Rams number six, Niners number five. On defense, Rams fifth, Niners eighth. These teams are dead even. However, earlier this season, the Niners were not as good as they are right now. They were missing Trent Williams a while. They were missing George Kittle for a big stretch. They weren't strong then. The Rams were better earlier in the season. The Rams are worse late in the year. They're missing Robert Woods. The offense is not firing all cylinders. So if the, if the overall season numbers are even, but the Niners are rounding into top form right now, the Rams have been fading and barely lucky to win some of these games. I just think that maybe even, I mean, the wrong team is favored to me, not how the books are going to do it. The books are always going to make the Rams a favorite here. They're home to win the division. But I just think the Niners might be the better team. We know, too, this has not been a good matchup for Sean McVay. McVay is 3-6 and six against the spread lifetime against Cal Shanahan. The only other coach in the entire NFL that McVay is more than one game below 500 ATS, Mike Zimmer, 0-2. So Shanahan has a number. Shanahan has beaten McVay five in a row, three times as an underdog. The last three games as an underdog, he's won outright, including earlier this year, Monday night in November, 31-10, not close. The Niners crushed the Rams, 39 minutes of possession to 21. They ran all over them. The Rams couldn't convert on third down. I don't know that we're going to get that number here, but I like San Francisco a lot. I think this number is all wrong. My only hesitation, my question for you is this. Jimmy Garoppolo has actually been pretty good. The advanced metrics are in his favor, but he's injured. I think he's out. I think we're going to see Trey Lance again here. Also, like you say, the 49ers secondary is in the hospital. They got six guys on the COVID list, but we might get some names back by the weekend. It did happen early in the week. Do either of those key uh, names at quarterback or corner do they make you hesitant here are you going to wait to see what happens or are you okay with the bet still look it does have to make you nervous but i think one of the reasons why this number is inflated is because i think the public is overvaluing the difference between garoppolo and lance and i think that's where a lot of the value was coming from and i think sometimes you got to be able to say you know what maybe the spread should be lower than what it is, despite the downgrade from Garoppolo to Lance. And I mean, look, with Garoppolo on the field, they perform as almost like the seventh best offense in EPA per play. So Garoppolo's actually been solid. So it yeah. is a downgrade from Lance, but Lance can do things with his legs. And we all know that Shanahan, with that zone run scheme, he's going to open things up. <laughs> They're gonna, the offense should be able to perform. So yeah, I agree. I am, I, I'm leaning with the 49ers with the four and a half. Yeah, and Lance, too, he's had two starts now, really rough first half, but then really has looked a lot more comfortable in the second half as he's gotten his legs a little bit. Look, the dude didn't start a game last year, so he doesn't have a lot of experience right now. One game last week is a big deal for him, and getting a second straight start a week, presumably starting or practicing with the starters, I think that goes a long way with him. So it doesn't worry me too much. I will say this. I like Niners plus five and a half. I like Niners plus 180 on the money line. I might wait because I'm not really worried about dropping to four and a half, four. That's all about the same range to me. Those aren't key numbers. The upside of the line moving up, maybe once Lance is announced as a starter and now we get to a plus six or plus seven, that's worth the wait to me. So 
I love the Niners. I may wait and hope we can get that number, though. Yeah, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. All right, last one. Pittsburgh and Baltimore. This game could be meaningless. If the Colts beat the Jaguars, then these teams are both effectively out at that point. If the Jaguars win, then this effectively becomes a playoff game. Pittsburgh is a six-point underdog in Baltimore. Of course, this game, never meaningless. These teams hate each other. This has been one of my favorite rivalries, just as a fan, to watch over the last couple decades. It's Big Ben's last regular season game ever. We know that. We had the emotional goodbye in Pittsburgh Monday night. They got the win. Baltimore has been living in the hospital all season. Lamar Jackson, we still don't know. We never know. I'm getting sick of reading Lamar Jackson practice reports. I would say it looks like Tyler Huntley is probably going to end up playing here. Big news from earlier, just a couple hours ago, Deontay Johnson on the COVID list. I think he's out for Sunday, right? Is he definitely out? Yeah, Deontay Johnson and center Kendrick Green is on the reserve COVID list. We're seeing actually yeah. line move up to six right now. Yep. Yeah, so uh, you and I, I think both were liking the Steelers, but we like the Steelers because we think they can pass on this Baltimore team. Deontay Johnson, that's the, that's the best player on Pittsburgh's offense to me. That's the star receiver that can really do some damage. So as of this morning, when I prepped my notes, I was ready to make the case for the Steelers. I still like Pittsburgh, but I like them a little less now. How much does that news hurt the Steelers for you? I think it hurts the Steelers a lot. I mean, when you look at the Steelers offense, they're not a great offensive line and you lose your starting center. The whole case against me backing, betting against the Ravens the last couple of weeks is their defense. They've really been struggling on defense. They're 28th in EPA for play. They're 28th in drop back EPA for play. They can't stop the pass. And Deontay Johnson is just him and Chase Claypool. I felt like they would be able to go in there and dominate this matchup. When you saw in the first matchup, Ben Roethlisberger was 21 to 31, 236 yards, two touchdowns. And that was good enough to pull up the upset. But you look at the Steelers defense right now, they're really struggling. They can't stop the run. We saw the Baltimore Ravens run all over them the previous game. And now if you take away the Steelers starting center and one of their best wide receivers, I just don't know how they match point for point. But I'm looking at this line go up to six. And these are two teams that typically play each other close. I think you might have said it in one of your articles. I think the underdog, when the when the line is four or more, is 17 and two when either team is favored by more than a field full goal. So it's just, I don't know how you lay six points with the Ravens in this spot, especially with no Lamar Jackson. And the total is so low. I mean, you're looking at a low total of 41 and a half. Yeah. So I think you still got to be looking the Steelers in this spot, despite the losses. Yeah, to me, this is a spot where I go from being in love with the Steelers to being in like with the Steelers. I still have to play Pittsburgh. Like you said, I don't like them as much without Dante Johnson. That's a real loss for them. But we also gained a little value on the number. This These games are close. Plus six. That's a lot. And the number might keep moving. It's another spot where, you know, it might get to six and a half or seven. And that half or a full point could really matter, too. Like you said, since 2005, more than a field goal favorite, underdog 17 and two against the spread. Pittsburgh's five and zero out of those games with three outright wins. And of course, can't be a podcast, but I don't mention Mike Tomlin as an underdog, 71% against the spread week five or later as a dog, 46% ROI with 29 and 21 straight up record. It's just what the Steelers do. And it's one last shot, maybe one last shot. Maybe we'll get another playoff shot to bet on the Steelers underdogs too. Baltimore dead last EPA defensively. 
I got to take the Steelers here at plus six. I'm not going to go quite as hard as I would have before the Deontay Johnson news. And I got to wait because we know this by now where there's one COVID, there may be more to come. So I, I hate to lose the plus six. I don't want to drop down below that, but the risk of losing the value versus the risk of suddenly more guys missing, I have to wait on it and see. So Ben Roethlisberger had a really big emotional win on Monday night. You saw the way he handled the, the post-game press conference. How much does that weigh into yeah. how you feel about this game? Because when you see stuff like that, you tend to think maybe this is a letdown spot for the Steelers. Yeah, I, it certainly, that caught my attention right away. When this line was a little high, I thought, well, maybe that's what we're setting up here is it's the emotional letdown spot. For most teams, I would really worry here. It's the Steelers. Roethlisberger has played two decades. Mike Tomlin is the professional. This is, it's the Ravens. You don't let down in Big Ben's last game with Tomlin, playoffs on the line, in your rivalry game. There's no letdown. You show up for this game. So it is an emotional week. It's an angle to consider. But if there's ever a spot to say, look, they're going to be ready for this one. I can't wait too much of it here. So I think it's a good spot. One other one, BetMGM is a prop up. So we know TJ Watt was a monster Monday night, four sacks against the Browns. He is at right now, I believe, 20 and a, or 21 and a half. He's played 14 games. So at BetMGM, you can bet, will a player break the sack record plus 165? TJ Watt needs one to tie. That's not good enough. You got to break it. He needs one and a half sacks. I'm all over that. Plus 165. Last game earlier this season against the Ravens, TJ Watt had three and a half sacks last year. He had three sacks in two games against them. They don't have a good line. TJ Watt's going to live in the backfield. If the Steelers do go in, especially with Deontay Johnson out, it's going to be because TJ Watt, our new defensive player of the year, which I told you about last week, by the way, he's going to get there. He's going to set that sack record. He only needs one and a half. If TJ Watt knows he needs one and a half sacks and he's got all game to do it, you're not stopping him from that. I love that prop. What do you think? That is a good prop. I like that. That's, that's a real good one. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. All right. Well, we like the Steelers. We don't love them. We do love TJ Watt. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor and then wrap up here. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. 
Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, week 18, best bets. Mostly we've got our best bets in those games we just talked about. We do like a few others here. I like the other NFC West matchup. I like the Seahawks at the Cardinals, plus seven. Seattle is 12th in DVOA. Arizona is only 10th. So these teams, again, relatively equal. Seattle went six and 10, but 8.6 expected wins at Football Outsiders. So this is a team that's kind of played below their usual expectations. Plus Seahawks, Cardinals, these are just weird games. We get weird, close, low score, weird games that come close late. Eight of the last 11 are one score games. Last week, I bet the Cardinals. It was a buy low spot for Arizona, a sell high spot on Dallas. Now we're flipped, I think. Arizona got the big national TV win. I think we're puffing them up a little bit too much. And, and also, there's a chance here if the Rams get a blowout win, the Cardinals really don't have any incentive to play, and they could call off the dogs too. So you got a few angles here. I think it's a buy low, sell high on the card spot. I like Seahawks plus seven. I'll play the money line too. Yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. I'm, I'm definitely not mad at that at all. Um, and it's just like, as we all see, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of times these games where teams have to win in order to clinch the division or get into the playoffs, it doesn't mean that they're going to cover more often than not. And I, I think this is an angle that you have to play when it comes to week 18 all the time. It's, it's historically profitable. So I'm actually going with the same type of angle. I'm playing the Atlanta Falcons. I gave this out the other night on the hot read. Since 1990, teams that are out of playoff contention are 94, 56, and 4. That's 63% in week 16 and 17 against the spread. and against teams who are trying to clinch the playoff spot. And I, I just don't think the Saints team is very good. Like, look, the Saints, they've just been struggling offensively. We've seen it over the last three, four weeks. Outside of their game against the New York Jets, when they scored 30 points, they put up six points against the Bills, 17 points against the Cowboys, nine points against the Buccaneers, three points against the Dolphins, 18 points against the Panthers. And they were just fortunate to get two turnovers against the Panthers. So they're facing a, a Falcons team, which, and I noticed this Saints defense has been really good. They've been second in EPA per drive, first in success rate. But Matt Ryan actually carved this defense up. They were 23 of 30 for 343 yards, two touchdowns. And they jumped out to a huge lead before Trevor Simeon actually came back. So I think this four and a half points is just way too much for this Saints team that just, they averaged 4.8 yards per play. So I, I'm taking the Falcons. I think the Falcons might even have a chance to win this outright. So I might sprinkle something on the money line. <laughs> oh man, you know, Raheem likes an underdog. if He's playing the money line too. I'm with you on this one, Raheem. I like the Falcons. Saints are dead last on EPA per play offensively over the last seven games. Last in the whole NFL. The Giants haven't played a quarterback for a few weeks, and the Saints are worse than the Giants still. The other thing, too, Taysom Hill, when he starts, the game has gone under seven out of eight games in his career. And he's played two games against the Falcons, too. He, he played them last year. Uh, so 
Uh, I, I like it when the total is that low at 40 and a half and you're looking under, then the five and a half here, especially can be a bigger number too. So I'm with you on the Falcons. I'm going in for one more, that same angle you just said, t- picking one of these teams that's out of it, but just playing for pride. I like the Texans against the Titans. Houston's at home plus 10 and a half. Eight of the last 11 games in this rivalry has covered that number. So these games typically are close. It's division. That's how this goes. Again, I think it's a bit of a sell-high spot for Tennessee. They beat Miami 34-3. to I wasn't really so convinced. They certainly deserved a win, but that wasn't a 34-3 to game. They pulled away late. Before that, their last five games for the Titans. They escaped Thursday night against the Niners, had no business winning that game, and they had losses to New England, Pittsburgh, and, hey, the Texans. They lost to this team by nine, like a month ago, and now the line has flipped 20 points, basically, to win by double digits. Titans number 27 offense EPA during that stretch. There's there's a lot of trends that like the Texans here. 10 point or more home underdogs December and later are 32 and 18 against the spread, 64% cover rate. Titans are also on a two-game winning streak in the final game of the regular season. Teams that have won two or three in a row only cover 38% of the time. So I like the trends here, and at least the Texans keeping it close. I sort of feel like my gut says the Titans are going to get an ugly win and ugly their way into the one seed like they've been doing all season. I I will sprinkle the money line just because it's a long number here, but I feel better about just the Texans cover. I think they'll hang around. But uh, yeah, I just, I'm just going to keep betting against the Titans until they finally get knocked out. Yeah, I think this is an interesting game. And I think you want to, if you bet this, you want to grab this sooner rather than later because in the event that the Kansas City Chiefs actually lose against the Broncos, which I don't think many people think is going to happen, then this line is going to go down because the Titans are going to clinch the number one seat. So they won't be playing for for anything. So. I think this is a game where the Titans get out with a victory, but I don't think they're going to push it too hard. Obviously, I think they were laying 10 the last time these two teams played, and the Texans actually went out there and won outright. Obviously, the Titans turned the ball over a lot during that game, but I still think this is too many points, so I agree with you. I have a second-best bet, which is a lean. The prop market actually isn't out yet, but one of the things that I found interesting is, obviously, it's week 18. You have a lot of guys who are just looking for incentives. And you look at Stephon Diggs, Buffalo Bills. Bills are laying. They're a heavy, heavy favorite, a 16-and-a-half-point favorite against the New York Jets. And Stephon Diggs is actually six receptions away from reaching 100 for the season. And it turns out that that 100-catch threshold would mean that he would get some bonus money for the season. So he would get a $750,000 bonus added to his base salary for 2022. And an additional eight hundred thousand added to his base pay for two thousand twenty-three. If he gets hundred catches, they're a big favorite. There's no way that this Jets secondary is going to be able to <laughs> slow down Stephon Diggs from getting his hundred catches. So, whenever that prop market comes out, I want you guys to probably take a look at that. See if you can play Stephon Diggs over receptions, maybe even some over yards because it's correlated and. I think that should be able to hit, but the prop market isn't out yet. So, yeah, those incentives, they're hard to track because we don't necessarily get all those contracts. But boy, if all I had to do was catch six balls against the Jets for one and a half million dollars, I think I'd find a way to get six balls in there too. So, I do like that one. Let's hit our look ahead here before we wrap up. Hot rock, blue 17, nice right. 
Raiders! Ice cream, Jose! Go to Raiders! Of course, normally on the look ahead, we're looking ahead to next week. We don't have the schedule yet, so we can't go there. We'll come back to it. I have a look ahead for you, though. It's a little different. I'm playing a future today. I kind of alluded to this earlier. My look ahead for you, and you got to bet this before Sunday. That's the key here because I think the odds drop. I'm playing the San Francisco 49ers to win the NFC and to win the Super Bowl, plus 2,500 to win the NFC, plus 5,000 to win the Super Bowl. I want both because I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, and I want a chance to kind of cash out and get, get a win partially the way there. Here's what I like. Again, with the NFC, we talked about its matchup favor. And you said it yourself, what matters in the NFC is we got all these beatable run defenses, but all the good run teams are in the AFC, except the Niners. The Niners, we're all focusing on those corners. We're focusing on the quarterback. The names that matter are perfectly fine. The names that matter to me, Trent Williams, maybe the best non-quarterback in football at left tackle. George Kittle, maybe the best non-quarterback in football at tight end. They got both of them. They got Kyle Jusicic. We got Debo Samuel. We got Kyle Shanahan calling the plays. Those are the names that matter. We know Shanahan is not good as a favorite, but he's very good as an underdog. I think the Niners game travels well. I'm not sure I'm worried about them going on the road. The Packers, bottom five in rush defense. And if the Niners get a six or seven seed and get one win, they're very likely to go to Green Bay. I like that matchup for San Fran. And the Cardinals run defense has really struggled without J.J. Watt. The Bucks defense, remember we were not running at all on them earlier, late in the year. Teams are running on Tampa Bay a little bit. So to me in the NFC, the Niners are a sleeper that I like a lot. They're fifth in the EPA per play since week nine, since Kittle and Trent came back healthy. And in that same stretch, Packers, third worst run defense in the league. Bucks bottom half of the league. Dallas has been bottom half all season against the run. I like the 49ers. I'm not saying they're going to win, but we're 25 to one. That number is going to drop because part of the value right now is they're not even a sure playoff team. So you want to grab them before Sunday. If they go beat the Rams on Sunday, not only will the odds drop because they're in the playoffs, we might even get a Niners-Rams rematch. And suddenly they're going to say, hey, the Niners beat the Rams twice this season. They got a real shot here. I want to grab that number now. Uh, I'm even seeing, I mentioned the Bills. Niners-Bills Super Bowl is plus one or 116 to one if you really want to get crazy and have some fun. So these are long shots. Raheem, you know how I do. I love my long shots. I got to play the Niners here. I don't even mind Trey Lance. He adds to that power rushing attack if that ends up being where it goes. I just think in an NFC where everything else looks similar, the Niners are something very different. And it's a team that I could see get hot and get rolling, running the ball, keeping those hot offenses on the sideline and chewing up time of possession, playoff football. I like the Niners. How crazy do you think I am? It's not a bad play. It's not a bad play at all. I mean, I, I said earlier on, I think I tweeted it, I felt like the the Niners were live against the Packers. So, I mean, if that's the case, then I, I like their chances. I mean, provided that Jimmy G comes back, I, I do think it's wide open as far as the NFC. So, it's not a bad play. All right, I'll take it. I'll take not a bad play. So, that's going to wrap it up for today. We'll be back, of course, to wrap up week 18 football Sunday night for your ear holes Monday morning. We'll be talking playoffs. We'll have a whole bracket by then and getting excited for some playoff football. 
Don't forget to download the app. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple and Spotify now if you haven't yet. Listen to Stucky and Raybon on the six pack if you haven't. We'll see you on Monday for here at the Action Hour podcast. Don't forget to the Buckets podcast. We had a little break over the holidays. Raheem and myself, Matt Moore and others are back talking to you NBA pretty much every day during the week. So catch us over there as well on the Buckets feed. For Raheem Palmer, I'm Brandon Anderson, and this has been the Action Network podcast. Enjoy your weekend and we'll see you in the playoffs.